Welcome to the Paranormal News Insider for the week of January 26th, 2021. And this is officially episode number 465. And this is your host, Brian D. Parsons, Dr. Brian D. Parsons. And we are live on the Paranormal King radio network at ParanormalKing.com. And yes, we have officially Flip the calendar here on the Paranormal News Insider. We're back for the first show. Don't worry, you didn't miss uh, any episodes. This is uh, actually the first episode of 2021. Yeah, the year was so bad, I had to take three weeks off. Uh, it wasn't on purpose. Uh, I did have to work last week, so uh couldn't uh, be here for that. And I wanted to bring uh, some of these new updates. We had a little bit of news trickling in. Over the course of the last couple of weeks, but it seems like uh, somebody has loosened the paranormal jar and there's uh, some news spilling out all over the place and we're going to be all over the place tonight. We've got Bigfoot news. I'm sure you've heard about that. We'll dig into that story out of Oklahoma tonight. Also about the Loch Ness Monster. It's over. Mystery solved once again. We're also going to wrap up officially and bury it 12 miles deep 2020 uh, we're going to wrap that up with the MUFON sighting statistics for December of 2020 and we'll talk about the totals for the year so that'll put the uh, the mystery to rest whether or not there's been an actual increase in UFO sightings that was the uh, number two story of the top 10 paranormal news stories of 2020 and uh, we'll we'll see is that true or not true based on statistics. St- statistics don't lie; only politicians do. Uh, we also have some UFO stuff. We have a have a, a a ghost story in the news. Seen a lot of ghost stuff lately, which is kind of weird uh, to actually see that in the paranormal news. But uh, first, I want to mention. So I did just mention the top ten paranormal news stories of 2020. Uh, If you enjoyed listening to the four weeks worth of me talking about that, well, that's awesome. Uh, I did wrap it up on the, I believe it was December 29th show. I think so. Uh, If I remember correctly, it's uh, it's been a year. It's been a year since then. Uh, Yeah, December 29th, I believe that was the date that we uh, did a wrap-up show. So uh, kind of counted down the top 10 again and revealed the number two and number one stories. But if you prefer to read, I don't think, I don't know how many people read anymore. I love reading. Uh, I do have the blog has been up for a while. So you can point your browser to paranewsinsider.com and you can click on the blog tab there at the top. And uh, hopefully I'll get some more stuff going uh, soon. In the blog, but uh, you can enjoy the top 10 paranormal news stories there on my blog spot page. Based on all the notes I've took, I think t- over almost 200 pages of notes from 2020 culminating in that top 10. A lot of stories obviously didn't make it. And uh, how many stories tonight 
will we talk about that uh, will refresh in December of 2021 that you go, wow, man, I almost forgot about that story. How crazy was that one? Um, another thing I want to mention. So, yes, the blog is now officially. that has been there for a while. Uh, on the website, uh, also on the website, spent a little time refreshing this over the last couple of weeks. <sighs> what a chore. Uh, reaching out to some conference promoters, uh, going through Facebook sites, websites. Uh, what a mess. What a disaster. Uh, trying to update the events page, which, uh, man, what a chore that was last year. Trying to keep up with that. It was nearly impossible. And I'll tell you, I had uh, some dates uh, that uh, promoters had put up for conventions for 2021, and a lot of those have changed. I was really surprised how many dates have changed and still surprised at how many dates are set for February, March, and April of 2021. And I really imagine uh, that most, if not all, of those are going to change again. We've already had some cancellations this year. Uh, the Rochester Winter Parafest 2021 has been canceled. That wasn't uh, going to take place until March in New York. Um, but I'm sure, I'm almost certain, 100% positive pretty much, that a lot of these are going to be moved, either canceled or rescheduled till later on. And so I wouldn't get too excited or make a lot of plans or take vacation days or throw a lot of money down for any of these events until uh, things get a little closer. Uh, we're not through the, we're not through the woods yet with, with all this COVID stuff. So uh, I know everyone wants to get back to normal and everyone wants to get out there, but uh, we got to be responsible. We got to think about not just us, but everybody around us as well. So um, a lot of these uh, should hopefully I would think would be exploring the options of going uh, virtual it's a little harder to uh, charge money for that. So I think that's where a lot of these these people are uh, running into issues. And uh, speaking of charging money, uh, a lot of these, uh, there's a few that are really irritating me, really annoying. And I feel like kind of calling them out, but uh, I, I won't. I'll refrain. I'll be a, I'll be a good boy. Uh, some of these places have just been rescheduling over and over and over again since last spring. Uh, basically in the effort to refuse to give anybody their money back. And I think that's really, really uh, sad to do that. Uh, a lot of people are struggling. A lot of people were out of jobs last year and maybe still out of jobs this year uh, with that. So, uh, you know, that hard-earned money, they're basically holding hostage, I think, and uh, knowing full well that these things won't go on. And, and believe me, I know how hard it is. I've put on my own events uh, in the past. I had a pretty decent-sized one. A couple of years ago, I've helped a lot of other groups put these paranormal conferences and conventions on. I know what it takes. It's a lot of work, and it's always changing, and things always go wrong, and uh, people will back out, and uh, attendees can't make it, and all sorts of stuff happens. But you got to take care of your patrons. Uh, so again, word of warning: you know, don't get too excited about any of these. Uh, I even kind of hesitated on actually putting dates associated with these events i was just going to just put links up and locations uh, because the dates have changed i spent so much time last year changing dates it was it was just almost like i had to hire somebody 
full time to take care of that for me. It was just a, a lot of work. And I kind of went back and forth when I was updating it over the last couple of weeks and uh, just decided, well, you know, I'll put the dates on there. And if things just start getting out of control, uh, one by one, I'll just start taking dates off. Uh, it's just a lot of work, you know, when I do it because uh, I feel that this offers a a little bit better kind of uh, attachment to these these subject matter, uh, whether it's ghosts, UFOs, cryptozoology, or all of the above, uh, than watching anything on TV. And you can meet people who write books who actually do the research. So I think these are important, and they have uh, uh, kind of a, a good meaning for these fields and, and for the subject as a whole. But uh, yeah, right now I wouldn't gamble, and I would take all these dates and places with a grain of salt because I'm sure a good chunk of them uh, will be canceled or rescheduled soon. So keep your eyes peeled on that uh, website, uh, paranewsinsider.com. Click on the events tab there at the top. I'll do my best uh, to try to at least update that once a week, and you'll see uh, underneath there's a little picture of me up there. Uh, it says January 25th. So I'll try to keep that updated so you'll see when I update it uh, so you can keep uh, – ahead of it and links are changing there's a lot of uh a lot of events that i've not heard back from or have not made a decision as to whether or not they're actually going to put on a conference or a convention in 2021 so uh, a lot can change a lot of these events could uh, some con some conventions could just pop up and others may just uh, fizzle away just like last year and it's i think it's going to be a mess again this year with the those events but anyway we will cross that bridge, and hopefully it uh, doesn't collapse. Thanks to the Mothman. Anyway, we're going to jump into cryptid news for this week. And yes, we talked about Bigfoot at the top of the show. It's uh, probably the biggest paranormal story uh, right now, and maybe of the entire year. And of course, it's not about a Bigfoot sighting. No, it's not about tracks. And, well, at least it's not about a hoax. Or is it? Uh, of course, the first Bigfoot story of 2021, of course, yes, deals with who else? Uh, the politicians. Seems like they've gotten their hands in pretty much everything. Our money and our paranormal news. For some reason, they've taken over the UFO field uh, pretty much lock, stock, and barrel. So why not Bigfoot, right? Uh, so you might have read, might have heard uh, last week, Justin Humphrey of the Oklahoma House of Representatives introduced House Bill 1648, which urged the Oklahoma Wildlife Conservation Commission to establish a Bigfoot hunting season. And the bill seeks to set season dates as well as licenses and fees effective November 1st of this year. Hey, why wait around? And it's not as if he actually believes in Bigfoot. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think he does, but you kind of look at his picture with his uh, cowboy hat and bolo tie. Maybe maybe he does. I don't know. I guess you never judge a person by what they're wearing, but uh, I don't know. It seems uh, this bill is focused on getting attention to the state and generating some revenue. It's all about money, of course. Well, and attention, and of course, money. 
Uh, the thought is that many people will buy these hunting permits as uh, pure novelty. Of course, that's the hope anyway, but you guys know and I know uh, that's not as far as it's going to go. And instead of revenue so far, it's attracted a lot of negative feelings in many different forms. Uh, I haven't read any news on this that's been positive. Uh, it's all been kind of like this guy is completely crazy without actually coming out and saying that, but uh, kind of drawing around those lines. And obviously the pro-Bigfoot people, well, they're all upset. I mean, the state's going to let people kill this elusive animal, plop down money, go out in the woods, and start blasting poor Bigfoot. I mean, if they could actually find it, of course. Uh, and is promoting the killing of a creature that might actually be closer to humans than primates, which would uh, potentially open a legal nightmare for the state. A uh, bipedal creature, it's got uh, to be pretty intelligent. It's been eluding people for this long, uh, you know, avoiding detection. It's got to have some, some kind of higher intelligence, right? Uh, it's also a creature that is celebrated in the state with conferences such as the Hanobia Bigfoot Conference, which uh, was canceled last year. I think it's still on the list so far this year. Uh, on the other side of the coin, skeptics, so people who don't believe in any of this stuff, well, they're upset about the time and effort that's being wasted on talking about this mythical creature and is bringing embarrassment to the state of Oklahoma. And I don't think Oklahoma can afford too many more black eyes. Uh, Mika Holmes, assistant chief of the Information and Education Division at the Oklahoma Department of Wildlife Conservation, told Fox News last week, quote, here at the department, we use science to make management decisions, and we do not recognize Bigfoot as a wildlife species in Oklahoma, unquote. Uh, I don't think he's very happy about that. Should have put more anger in that when I read that. Yeah, I don't think they're very happy about this. Uh, so Humphrey plays it off as just a novelty. Uh, as he's uh, said, uh, having a license and a tag would give people a way to prove they participated in the hunt. The overall goal is to get people to our area to enjoy the natural beauty and to have a great time. And if they find Bigfoot while they're at it, well, hey, that's just an even bigger prize. Well, that sounds all innocent, right? Sounds fairly innocent. Sounds like he's got good intentions. Um, but you can imagine all the crazy and over-the-top people that this is going to attract. And on top of all this, so not just uh, creating licenses and tags and trying to be cute about it. They're also proposing, well, Humphrey is proposing, a $25,000 bounty, at least a $25,000 bounty for Bigfoot's capture. Yeah, if you didn't cross the line with uh, all the other stuff, I think this is a little bit too far. That's one Bigfoot too far over the line. And this is where the trouble starts to get really, really deep. And obviously, I think it goes without saying that the biggest factor in all of this is about safety. Uh, I can reflect back to uh, a story out of Montana in 2012 when a man was struck by two different vehicles driven by teenagers as he jumped out in the road dressed as Bigfoot 
uh, trying to do, uh, trying to perpetrate a hoax, trying to get some, uh, generate a story, hit and killed. Uh, people frequently hoax sightings of Bigfoot for fun. You, all you have to do is go on YouTube and do a search of uh, real Bigfoot videos, and you'll see all kinds of people running around the woods with uh, ghillie suits and hoodies and you name it. People faking Bigfoot videos. And now you're going to have other people running around the woods with shotguns, rifles, uh, grenades, rocket launchers. I don't know what you're going to be allowed to use to hunt Bigfoot with, but uh, people will be running around with whatever they can during that hunting season of, uh, you know, trying to, to get their 25 grand to get a new truck, right? You should buy a, it's a good healthy down payment, at least on a pickup truck, I would think. Um, yeah, turning these people loose in the woods to find this creature I uh, guarantee you, people are going to get hurt. People are, may even get killed. Uh, it's just not a good idea. It's a worse idea than storming Area 51. I'll put that out there. I think it's just a, a much dumber idea than storming Area 51. And I don't think the attention is worth, you know, not just the safety aspect, but the potential legality of all this Oh, that, I think that alone is, is going to get it struck down. So although this may be viewed as pure novelty to cash in on the ever popular creature, uh, you know, they're just trying to attract people to the state. You know, if you're going to do a novelty, make a license plate that uh, out of state people can buy something like that. I don't know. Uh, but there's got to be a better thing you can do. You know, uh, do what uh, Ohio does and a lot of other states do. Put some. Uh, fake wooden cutouts out there in the woods and, and have a game with that. People take pictures with them and put it on social media, something innocent, instead of uh, throwing a bunch of people out there with shotguns. And, yeah, because you know, there's certainly going to be a large handful of people who's going to take this way too seriously. Uh, come armed to the gill. Again, probably uh, people with uh, homemade flamethrowers and RPGs, potato guns. I don't know, just all kinds of stuff. And anyone caught in that literal crossfire is going to open that state to a legal roll of red tape taller than Sasquatch. And turning Bigfoot hunters into the woods will almost certainly lead to an injury of someone. And it's funny because uh, on the other side of the coin, I just read this today, um, an interesting comment where somebody says that if this bill goes through and is taken seriously and implemented, I don't think they're going to – first of all, it's not going to pass. We all know that. Uh, but if it does, I don't think they're going to enforce anything about this. But if they did, let's say if they did, uh, there would only be – people would only be allowed to hunt Bigfoot for a specific time of the year. So this would mean that groups who uh, investigate Bigfoot – would more than likely be breaking the law if they went in search of Bigfoot out of season. So if you got a TV show that wants to go and investigate Bigfoot in Oklahoma, they would have to get permits to uh, go in that season. And if you're an investigator, you have to use that season, which can you imagine that? 20 groups out in different woods in Oklahoma howling and beating trees with sticks. Uh, they would all fool each other for sure. Because that happens quite a bit.
Um, and they would also have to pay to do so, like everyone else, whether their intention was to kill or just get video proof. Uh, I don't think it's going to go that far, but it's an interesting point nonetheless. So Humphrey has been since called an idiot, and I'm sure a lot of other names, uh, by many people. And it's certainly received a lot of attention over this, mostly negative. But hey, any kind of attention is good good attention. You know, they, they've, they've probably gotten a lot more attention for tourism for Oklahoma than any advertisement p- could possibly do. Uh, this has been running in every newspaper this is uh, running in almost every country. Uh, this is a pretty big story. It's pretty viral. But it's only got about a, another week of life left in it. Uh, so the Oklahoma legislature will meet on February 1st and talk about this. Probably going to be the first thing thrown out there. I don't think they're going to beat around the bush at all. They're going to blow this up. They're going to laugh about it. And they're going to roll their eyes and say, nope. I'm pretty sure. I don't know. Maybe I could be wrong. But... Uh, Hopefully this bill will be turned down and uh, I'm pretty sure it's not going to get very far. And hopefully since it's February 1st, uh, we'll have this show on the second. So we should have that final news by next week. And uh, yeah, January is already coming to a close. 2021, like I've said, uh, it's been pretty quiet so far and uh, I really don't think anyone's complaining. Uh, the paranormal news has been kind of quiet. There's some really weird stories out there. Uh, and despite all of this, though, you might have missed this. Uh, but there is a, a bombshell in the paranormal world. Th- this is it. It's the biggest news of cryptozoology in decades. So, yes, the Loch Ness Monster mystery has finally been solved. If you haven't read about this, I, I don't know how you missed it. Uh, you know, never mind that massive DNA search that turned up nothing. Oh, that's just science. That doesn't prove anything. Um, you know, this pointed actually pointed toward the creature pretty much being imaginary or being a giant eel. Depends on how you look at that. Uh, but no, it's a real creature, according to retired Professor Henry Bauer, who has published his work stating that the Loch Ness monster is in fact. A large turtle, not an eel, but a turtle. Uh, he bases his hypothesis on the observations of those who have claimed to see this creature. And Bauer is also a believer in the Loch Ness Monster. Yeah, he's a scientist, but he's also a believer. And has actually been to the area a number of times to search for it. Uh, he's also a controversial scientist who is a AIDS denialist. He's against affirmative action. And uh, there's a lot of other unpopular opinions about the world and uh, the people in it, pretty much, from this guy. Um, Bauer has uh, become interested in the Loch Ness Monster after seeing a film created by Nessie researcher Tim Dinsdale of a sighting that he had in 1960. And Dinsdale pretty much... Uh, wrote the book, literally wrote the book on the Loch Ness Monster. Pretty good book, by the way, if you haven't read that one. Uh, actually, he's, I think he's written like seven or eight books on the Loch Ness Monster. But the Loch Ness Monster, that's the book you got to get. Uh, he's re- been researching the creature uh, throughout the 60s and 70s. Again, I think it was like seven seven or eight books on the topic. So got Bauer interested in it, and now he's making this claim. Granted, it's not a new 
claim. Uh, there's been claims off and on since the 1930s that this could potentially be a giant turtle or tortoise. So could the Loch Ness monster be an ancient or a current living species of turtle? Um, I'm going to go with no. I'll just answer that really quick. No. So his hypothesis, again, is based on the sightings of those who claim to have seen the creature. And if we analyze that, which we've had analyzed a lot of these sightings on the show, um, you know, people see things on, on a, you know, like a webcam and the thing is blurry two miles away and they see a, you know, a flash of water and they just assume it's the monster. Uh, some people see things out of the corner of their eye or they only see water moving on the surface. Could be anything. Could be a duck. Could just be fish under the water. Um, but uh, he's taken this collection of sightings and kind of making it fit a creature. It's kind of backwards when you're thinking about science. Um, because many of these sightings, they're misinterpretations of waves, boats, other objects, especially at a distance. And making a guess at a living creature being at the center of these sightings based on a neck coming out of the water. Or uh, I guess part of it is also because it breathes air, which turtles do. And again, assigning it to an animal that's uh, never even been observed in the lock. I mean, gosh, that's about as unscientific as it gets. Talk about pseudoscience. That's craziness. Uh, but yes, it's true. Large sea turtles, such as leatherbacks, loggerhead, green, and hawksbill turtles, have been seen off the coast of the United Kingdom, including Scotland, uh, but their presence is non-existent within the Loch Ness. Uh, not to mention they have shorter necks than what people have described, and they don't quite swim as fast as uh, what's been observed in Loch Ness. And I would think that their behavior would also not be consistent with the typical sighting of Nessie. I've seen plenty of sea turtles in my time uh, cruising throughout the Caribbean. So I can speak to that. It's one of the, the animals that I'm constantly searching for. Uh, I don't think people are seeing turtles swimming around Loch Ness, uh, let alone an ancient sea turtle that somehow managed to escape uh, and live in Loch Ness, which is really only about 100,000 100, years old. Again, that's been the, the issue with the plesiosaur or plesiosaur, however you want to pronounce that. So you're free to do so however you please. Uh, that's been the big problem with that one as well. Not to mention, little known fact, uh, go ahead and jump in. Uh, but the Loch Ness is uh, pretty cold water. I don't know if you've been there, uh, but it's pretty cold. And turtles, I don't know if you know this either, they don't do so good in cold water. Oh, and uh, let's not forget, I mean, actual science involved with all this. Uh, the DNA search by Professor Neil Gemmel from Otago University, which was revealed in 2019, I mentioned that earlier, uh, of all the 3,000 plus animal DNA traces, including humans, ducks, pigs, which drink out of the lock. I guess parts of pigs end up washing into that. Uh, all these creatures, fish, uh, all sorts of animals that showed DNA traces. It was hypothesized that eel DNA 
which dominated the tests, might be possibly to uh, be there to explain the Loch Ness Monster. Uh, maybe a giant eel. I don't like the way they went about that. Uh, eel DNA just dominated the amount of DNA. Uh, there was absolutely no turtle DNA, or I guess you could say reptile DNA, no amphibian DNA in the 250 samples collected in the study. So, yeah, not a turtle based on real science. Uh, but it's interesting how everyone's running the story like it's uh, a revelation that it's, yes, it's changed everything, that the Loch Ness Monster is now a turtle. And it'll be interesting to see if the story gains any more traction and people will uh, continue to push this one. You know, when the, the eel story made it big, all of a sudden, sightings of the Loch Ness Monster turned into giant eels. So will we now hear sightings of giant turtles because of this particular story? We'll find out. We haven't had a Loch Ness Monster sighting yet in 2021. Hold your breath because it's coming soon, I'm sure. Uh, probably not till March, but uh, yeah, we'll have a handful for certain. So that's your cryptozoology news for January 2021. And UFO news, let's go ahead and we're going to wrap up. 2020 and talk about the MUFON sighting statistics for December. Yes, the Mutual UFO Network. Uh, last month, well, I guess earlier this month, we revealed last month's numbers and uh, gave us a perspective on the total year from that organization. And again, it's been said numerous times that 2020 experienced a large increase in UFO sightings worldwide. Some websites were saying two, 300% more UFOs were seen in certain states, certain areas. But what about as a whole? Is that true? Uh, my prediction for December, if you wrote it down, if you remember, it was a, so long ago that I said this, uh, 412 total sightings and 318 in the United States. Was I close? No, no, I wasn't. Of course not. Um, I'm not a gambling man. Good thing, too, because I'd be broke. Uh, my September and October guesses were a little bit high, and I went uh, a little lower than I thought for November and was off by 20 total sightings and just five UFOs or five U.S. sightings, I should say. So uh, got pretty close. And for December, I might have got a little cocky. Uh, I went a little lower than what I normally would and I felt would get me close. Uh, but I undervalued the sightings once again. So, yeah, I was off 419 or 412 total, 318 U.S. was my guess. But MUFON, well, they turned in 493 total sightings with 400 exactly 400 in the United States. So I uh, went a little low on that one. Uh, now, this is the highest total since August's 645 total sightings and still represents just the ninth highest monthly total of the year. And this was also the fourth straight month. The organization failed to turn in 500 total reports 
for a month. Um, MUFON failed to hit the 500 mark only once in 2019 and 2017, uh, but did not go below 500 in 2018, 2016, or 2015. So that's kind of a little mark there. And looking at December's 493 total reports, uh, the United States again led the list with, again, 400 reports. Canada was second with 26. United, uh, I'm sorry, the United Kingdom had 18, followed by France with eight. Brazil had five. Germany and Australia had four each. Poland had three. And Mexico, Colombia, Costa Rica, Sweden, and Belgium turned in two reports each. 15 other countries and territories turned in one report each. Uh, with the 400 reports, uh, let's see, United States, only North Dakota and Vermont did not turn in reports. Must have been cloudy. And, of course, California led the way, as they typically do. Uh, they had 57 reports turned in. Of course, you know, they're number one in population. So by statistics, they should be number one in reports. And a lot of weird people out there, too. A lot of weird lights. Uh, Florida. We all heard about the Florida man, right? Uh, Florida was second with 29. Texas had 27. New York and Colorado had 17 each. Uh, Missouri and North Carolina had 15 each. Pennsylvania, 14. Georgia and Ohio uh, both had 13. Washington and Indiana had 12. Arizona had 11. Tennessee had 10. Michigan, 9. And Minnesota, District of Columbia, Virginia, and Illinois had eight each. Uh, Kansas, Kentucky, and Oregon had seven reports each. South Carolina, Arkansas, and Maryland had six reports each. Nevada had five. New Mexico, Wisconsin, and Montana had four. Iowa, Alabama, Massachusetts, New Hampshire, New Jersey, and West Virginia had three. Uh, Mississippi, Wyoming, Oklahoma, Utah, and Idaho had two reports each. And, well, Connecticut, Delaware, South Dakota, Alaska, Louisiana, Hawaii, Maine, Nebraska, and Rhode Island, well, they contributed with one each. Thanks, guys. Way to go. So that being said, uh, looking back, at the totals for 2020, just, and this is again, just for MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, uh, a lot of uh, other stories, lots of, I would say most of the stories generated about UFO sightings on the rise was done through New Fork, the National UFO Reporting uh, Center, a completely different entity, uh, only run by a handful, I think three people, pretty much, uh, the owner, the webmaster, and I don't know, the night janitor, pretty much. Uh, not a large organization at all compared to MUFON. And so I would expect that their UFO sightings uh, would be in more flux uh, than MUFON's would. Uh, so looking back at the totals for 2020, 7,590 total sightings and 5,863 
in the United States. So is this a big spike in UFO sightings? Yes or no? Well, look back to 2015, and there was a total of 10,911. And that would be 909 a month on average. Uh, 2016, 7,276, about 606 a month, uh, which is less than 2020's 7,590, if you're keeping track at home. Uh, 2017, 7,686, which is about 640 and a half a month. Uh, 2018, so I didn't have a November At all. There was no November statistics turned in. 7,138, um, which would be about 649 a month. And then uh, 2019's total, 7,134, which is 594 per month. So, yeah, 2020 is a jump from 2019, of course. Course. So 7,590 for 2020, which is uh, 632 and a half per month on average. So if you dig in a little deeper, 2016 through 2019, you had a total of 29,883 reports. And again, so 2018, November, there was no reports. But if you use the average, for the year and you put that number in there uh it equates to an average of those years 2016 through 2019 of 7470.75 or about 622 and a half per month so that is slightly less than the 632 and a half per month that we saw last year on average so Yes, 2020 did experience a slight increase in UFO reports, but it's not much above the average. And again, a lot of people were bored. A lot of people reported stuff early on in the year. And then it kind of went back to normal and uh, for a couple of months below normal. So I don't think it was really anything major. I think people were just bored. They finally had time to submit their report to move on. And... I'm not one for predictions other than my monthly predictions that are usually way off. Uh, I predict 2021 is going to be more in line with 2018 and 2019 numbers. And I'm going to say we may not even break 7,000 reports for the year, or I should say MUFON may not even break 7,000 reports for 2021. Uh, U.S. reports... Uh, from 2016 to 2019, total 21,319, and that breaks down to 444 per month versus 488 per month in 2020. So again, an increase on the uh, on the average and higher than the total average. So there was 10 cases versus 44 cases for the United States. So I think that shows you where that increase was happening it was happening in the united states which was um i don't know there's more ufo reports here than anywhere in the world really so an increase here 
Uh, I think it's because of the expectation of people seeing UFOs here. I think we're all, I think the U.S. is just crazy. I think we're just crazy. We see all kinds of stuff. Um, and for UFO, uh, UFO reports for the United States in 2021, I see it right around 5,000 reports for the year, uh, probably right in between the 2019 and 2018 numbers. And speaking of UFO sightings, so probably the biggest UFO story, well, I should say sighting. There's some other stories brewing here. Uh, but uh, the biggest sighting uh, actually took place before New Year's Day. Uh, this is a story I, I anticipated talking about a couple of weeks ago, but uh, obviously didn't do a show. Uh, so on Tuesday, December 29th, a strange blue light was seen above the Hawaiian island of Oahu. Multiple videos of the elongated blue light popped up on social media shortly after 8.30 p.m. local time, and even a few phone calls trickled in to 911, which prompted authorities to investigate the incident. The multiple sighting uh, cases are, are the most exciting. You know, when multiple people from different angles and different viewpoints uh, report seeing this object, that helps us triangulate, that helps us give a better picture of what an object was moving, how fast it was moving, maybe even how big it was. Uh, a lot of information pours in. Unfortunately, the multiple sighting cases usually tend to have a very logical explanation more often than not. Um, one thought initially was that it was an airplane, which I've never seen really a blue airplane. Um, witnesses did watch the object drop into the Pacific Ocean, because I think it was a, a couple of people who had chased the uh, object uh, via car. Uh, but airplanes, uh, they use uh, red and green strobes, uh, not blue. Um, and this was just a continuous blue light, like a, a streak of blue. Uh, FAA spokesman Ian Greger told USA Today, quote, law enforcement contacted the Federal Aviation Administration the night of Tuesday, December 29th, about a witness report of a possible plane down in that area. We followed up on the report but found no aircraft disappear off of radars, and we had no reports of overdue or missing aircraft, unquote. So that shoots down the airplane hypothesis. Well, maybe I shouldn't have said it that way. Uh, but yeah, no airplane crash. Uh, witnesses also stated the object appeared to be the size of a phone pole. Yes, a flying phone pole, a blue glowing, squirrely phone pole flying through the air. Now, if that's not a UFO, I don't know what is. Uh, but how do you determine the size of something like that flying through a dark sky with nothing behind it or near it for scale? I'm not sure. I, actually, reading that witness uh, that witness report, uh, that's probably one of the more doubtful ones of all these that, I, that I've read. Uh, if the object were that large, it would more than likely have appeared on radar, but this doesn't appear to be the case. Now, since the sighting, a few independent video experts have suggested that this could be an LED kite or even a balloon since it seemed to move with the wind. Now, I'm going with the LED kite. I've seen videos of these moving, and I tell you, it looks just like the video that we see, and it would explain why this was uh, low to the water and eventually went into the water. Now, if it's being dragged behind uh, a boat, that 
makes perfect sense, really. Uh, probably a, you know, on a boat to watch the sunset, they're flying the LED kite, people lose their minds, and said kite ends up being reeled in. And that's that. And I was kind of hopeful that somebody would step forward after the story went viral, uh, but have not been able to find any update on the story. But then again, uh, even the paranormal news has a very short attention span. So wasn't solved, unfortunately. But uh, yeah, you never know. Um, so I did see it. So there's a comment in there. See if I can find this. Oh, yes, here it is. Uh, a comment about any new paranormal shows on. Well, there is. And I got to watch one of these tonight. Hopefully I have a little bit of time uh, updating my podcast tonight. Uh, I want to watch this one episode here. But uh, there's a new show. It's kind of a short show. Uh, I didn't know what to think, but I did watch the first show. It's not on here now. I just jumped to season or uh, episode two. Uh, there's a new show on the History Channel, which when I hear Paranormal and History Channel, I, I tend to be very, very skeptical. But uh, it's a show called The Proof is Out There. And new episodes can be seen uh, Tuesdays and Fridays at 10, 9 central. So plenty of time after this show to uh, tune into that. Uh, they're also online. This is where I watch them. Um, play.history.com forward slash shows forward slash the proof is out there now pretty cool they talk about viral videos uh viral uh stories of, of the paranormal and then they kind of break it down kind of it's very similar to what i do now a, a few of these stories i was talking to the talking to the screen because there's more information than the, what they're providing they're just really skimming the surface they didn't do a lot of research on it uh, but they just basically come to the same conclusion that other people did and making it sound like that they came to that conclusion with their so-called experts. Uh, but uh, they're missing a little bit, and they just seem like they kind of rush over some of these stories. It's one of those things that's a half hour long, and they jam two stories together. But it's really good. I actually kind of like it. It's a little skeptical, which I like. I appreciate it. It's not just like, hey, here's a crazy video. What do you think? Do you believe it? We believe it. Maybe you believe it. Let's all believe together. No, it's uh, they provide the the video, the evidence, the information, and they kind of do a little bit of a backstory on it, which is uh, pretty cool. So the proof is out there. New little favorite show of mine right now that's on Tuesdays and Fridays, 10, 9 Central, on the History Channel. Are they just called History now, I guess? I don't know. Try not to watch it too much. Uh, good show. Good show. And let's see, what do we got left? We got ghost news. Can you believe that? We actually have some ghost news. So this week's ghost news uh, comes from a, a gentleman uh, who's typically not associated with ghosts whatsoever. When I first read this, I thought something was wrong. Uh, this person is generally connected to UFOs more than anything. It's funny, you know, gosh, we were handing out money with the, the Bigfoot thing, $25,000. Well, this guy here is handing out even more money, a lot more money. I'm actually kind of interested in this. I might actually do something for this. <sighs> Don't worry, it's Mellow Yellow, nothing alcoholic. Uh, you may know this name, Robert Bigelow. 
Sound familiar? Well, it should. Uh, Robert Bigelow has been connected to UFOs, uh, a lot of other strange stuff over the last few years. Uh, he funded a few UFO research projects, uh, some government stuff that came to light recently, and now is focusing his efforts, or I guess I should say his money, on finding out if there's life after death. Forget UFOs. That's that's old stuff. Who cares about that anymore? Let's let's discover life after death. And yes, Bigelow, of course. Uh, no, not the tea guy. That's totally different. Uh, he's known for Bigelow Aerospace and his 2008 contract with the Defense Intelligence Agency to investigate UFOs as the Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies base would be bass i don't know uh not to mention probably saw that tv show about skinwalker ranch and he's got some other ties to the government uh was also tied to mufon i believe for a while as well um with his money with his pocketbook i should say uh and, and was a really big focus on ufo research uh, really, a lot of his efforts, a lot of his work, especially with the government, is uh, kind of what's why we're talking about it right now with the government. Uh, is because of Bigelow and his early uh, contracts and uh, all the stuff with like the Tic Tac video and all that stuff. He researched that stuff before it came to light. So uh, we can thank him for UFOs going mainstream. So, gosh, uh, what is he going to do for life after death? Well, First of all, he's opening up his pocketbook. He's offering $1 million. Yes, $1 million to find credible evidence to support the existence of life after death. And it may, you know, it may sound similar to the James Randi million-dollar challenge. Well, that was really just the setup. Uh, you're going to fail no matter what you did. Uh, but this is interesting, the way Bigelow is going to do this. Uh, and the Bigelow Institute for Consciousness Studies, which is the uh, kind of the flagship under which he's doing this research, uh, it was created to, quote, try to conduct research and facilitate research into the possibility of the survival of human consciousness beyond bodily death, unquote. Uh, that's according to Bigelow himself. Uh, it was established in June of 2020. Kind of under the radar. I don't think a lot of people saw this. Uh, I remember hearing something about it, and I just kind of didn't think too much about it. You know, it's Bigelow, and it's 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 money. Uh, I didn't think anything would really come of it. Really, nothing did until now. It's really interesting. Uh, so how is Bigelow going to go about this? Is he going to uh, have a bunch of spoon benders show up and uh, show off a bunch of psychics line up and uh, tell, tell a, a panel of people where... Uh, missing children are no 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 it's not that simple which is good um he's gonna be relying on the public yes but through a different media it's gonna be through essays yes that's right essays people are gonna be writing information it's kind of crazy uh the bix Sounds kind of weird to say that. Bix, the Bigelow Institute for Consciousness Studies. You always got to have an acronym. If you don't have a good acronym to go along with an organization, you, you failed. You failed. You got to have something 
that actually spells something like Bix. That is pretty smart. Uh, so the Bigelow Institute of Consciousness Studies will award $500,000 for the top essay, $300,000 for the second best, and $150,000 for the bronze. I mean, you can't go wrong with that. Even if you, you know, full of misspellings, you just kind of come up short. $150,000, I'll take it. I'll take it all day long. Uh, essays will be judged by five renowned experts. They're all scientists of different kinds. I don't think any of them are actually involved. I think one of them is involved in consciousness studies. I, mean, I think they're a medical doctor. It's kind of a, a mixed bag of uh, people involved in various aspects of science, which is pretty smart, I think. Um, would have liked to have seen... An actual like parapsychologist it would have been kind of neat to see somebody like Lloyd Auerbach maybe on that panel, but no, no parapsychologist. Uh, applicants actually have to apply, so you're not just gonna write some cruddy research paper and slap it on on a website, you know, upload it and walk away and go, yeah, what am I gonna spend my five hundred grand on? No, it's not that simple. You actually have to apply and then be approved in order to be able to submit essays, which I like that. Like that's pretty smart on their part. Uh, so you got to have some creds, man. you got to have some credentials to go along with uh, being able to uh, submit an essay, which kind of weeds out people who are just going to be giving their opinion or firsthand accounts. Or, you know, I, I meet a lot of people who claim to know all the truth and all the answers about the paranormal or people who are connected to the other side and can can do this or that, but they have no validation, no proof. Uh, whatsoever. So it's going to be interesting to see how they vet all this. And uh, I think they're going to, I think it's like March. By March 1st, they're going to weed through the uh, the applicants and then uh, give the green light to uh, for them to submit essays. Now, winners will be announced on November 1st of this year. So it's going to be exciting. A long song. I can't wait for this story. Actually, I hope I don't forget though. That's the that's the big thing. Uh, when the winners will be announced and what their topics are going to be on and how much closer are we actually going to be to validating life after death through an essay? I don't know. I actually read some uh, really good work for for some people that I've uh, had the pleasure of meeting in the paranormal. And I think there's some good potential out there from even people I know. And, uh, you know, hopefully I'll pass this information on. Maybe I get 10%. I don't know. We'll find out. That'd be nice. Uh, winners, again, yes, will be announced on November 1st. And hopefully the story doesn't just fade away. And uh, they they do take this uh, a little further. And if you're interested in turning into your work, I actually kind of half, I don't know, half interested in this. I, I kind of have a little bit of an idea of something I would do. Granted, I don't have a lot of the field of work to back it up with, but uh, I have an idea of what I would do. Uh, you can check out the Bix homepage for more information on what they're looking for in the essay, as well as uh, who these five renowned experts are. Uh, it's pretty interesting uh, what they're actually looking for and, and what they're not looking for in these essays. Uh, you can go to BigelowInstitute.org for more information on this stuff. It's, it's pretty fascinating. It's probably one of the cooler... Um, I would say one of the cooler research projects, it's really simple. 
But at the same time, I think it's really genius uh, to uh, get research papers. I mean, granted, all you really have to do is comb through the the SPR journal and you're going to see all kinds of stuff that it's probably the similar stuff that's going to get promoted into that magazine anyway. So I don't know. Uh, but they do mention that, the SPR, the ASPR, the Ryan Research Center, uh, the Center for Noetic Sciences. They, you know, they list some of the popular parapsychological outlets. So they have to know that that stuff is coming, that those researchers are probably more than likely going to be the ones submitting information. But nonetheless, it's going to be interesting. I uh, can't wait till November. Actually, I can. I want to enjoy summer. Uh, but uh, that's going to be an interesting story to follow. Maybe. Who knows? That could be the new number one this year. I don't know. Well, let's not get ahead of each other or ahead of ourselves or ahead of anybody. Don't cut in line. Uh, that's pretty much it. That's all I got for you guys. Uh, I'll let you out of class early so you can uh, have safe travels home. I don't think you're out anywhere. But if you are, that's great to listen to me on the road. Uh, but you're probably going to go to bed. You're probably going to go listen to another show. That's fine. That's good. Uh, don't forget. Uh, I forgot. Uh, the proof is out there. Tuesdays and Fridays, 10 p.m., 9 p.m. Central. Um, that's all she wrote. No, that's not my new outro. I'll still do the same one. Uh, that hasn't changed for 2021. So I will see you next week if all goes well. But for now, keep your eyes in the skies, your ears in the woods, the hair standing on the back of your neck. Maybe you should cut that. I don't know. And always keep your mind slightly ajar. Don't let your brains fall out. And above all else, you know it. Don't stop believing. For the Paranormal News Insider, this is Dr. Brian D. Parsons reporting. <laughs>